Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Hello to all the parents, caregivers and grandparents of teenagers and even the teenagers themselves listening. Ginny and I want to kick off the year 2024 by sending all our wonderful warm wishes and love your way. We know that this time of year so many families are getting their ducks in a row for the year ahead and a huge part of that is helping their teens look for their first job. So we thought it'd be really helpful to revisit an episode we dropped last year all about getting them ready for that first job interview. Part-time or casual work is a great way for teenagers to learn about money and independence. It's a personal favourite episode of ours and feels so relevant as we gear up for a new working year. We also dive into the importance of considering an assessment if you think your child might have ADHD. But for now, give this episode a listen and as always, don't hesitate to share your thoughts and keep those questions coming. We're here to help and we love them. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help I Have a Teenager, the podcast that's here to answer all your questions about the new teen age. My name is Jo Lamble. I'm a clinical psychologist, a mum and the co-author of The New Teen Age, how to support today's tweens and teens to become healthy, happy adults. And my name is Dr Ginny Mansberg. I'm Jo's co-author of The New Teen Age, as well as a GP and a mum with six kids in a blended family, which I understand is the fastest growing form of family in Australia at the moment. I feel like all of our friends are now negotiating blended families. Are you seeing that a lot more oh, in your groups as well? Absolutely. And definitely in my office, people coming in. And what's wonderful is coming in saying, okay, help us navigate this. How do we make the most out of this situation and get all our kids to thrive? Love that. Yeah. Love that. So, Ginny, our first question comes from Kim and she says, my 13-year-old is struggling in high school. He's been diagnosed with anxiety and inattentive ADHD by a paediatrician and he's been prescribed medication. He's also dealing with low self-esteem and body image issues due to significant weight loss and sudden growth spurts. The problem is my husband strongly opposes medicating kids while their brains are still developing. He doesn't believe in ADHD and thinks it's wrong to diagnose and medicate every other kid. I'm also hesitant, but if medication can improve his school experience and learning outcomes, I think we should give it a try. That being said, how can I support my son without relying solely on medication? My husband is open to him seeing a psychologist for talk therapy. Do you have any other suggestions? Well, your poor little boy. It sounds like he's going through quite the tough time. Kim, I'm going to say something really controversial here, and I'm so sorry. I think the best thing that your son has going for him is you because you clearly have a huge amount of empathy and you're very open-minded about what may or may not help him. My concern is that most paediatricians who diagnose these things do this with at least 
12 years of postgraduate experience after a medical degree. Pediatrics exams are incredibly onerous and the volume of research that suggests that ADHD is in fact a real condition and that sets out rigorous diagnostic criteria for the diagnosis of ADHD, that it is very real. And while I think that there is some evidence that certainly in the past there has been an over-prescription of medication, that's really been tightened up now. And these days, the medications that have been authorised by peak government bodies in this country and around the world have been shown to have a very long history of safety and efficacy. That doesn't mean they need to be sprinkled in the water for every kid who's having a bit of a tough time or who's maybe not listening to the school rules. But if a paediatrician has diagnosed him with this condition according to the most up-to-date diagnostic criteria and has prescribed this very difficult to prescribe medication. I'm not allowed to prescribe it because I'm a GP. I've not done enough training to prescribe this medication. I am just concerned that entire conversation is dead and we're not even going to go there anymore. And I'm just concerned for your son because I want him like you do to have the best possible adolescence and the best possible future. And I'm wondering whether maybe some couples counselling or some other way of communicating with your husband just to, even if he could just attend the paediatrician and just have a conversation with a paediatrician to understand why. This is not a religion. ADHD diagnosis is not a religion. It's not whether you believe in it or you don't believe in it. There's science behind this. And I'm just concerned that your son might not have all of the options available to him if your husband is simply not open to considering the views of a very well-credentialed doctor. I don't know. Am I being too harsh, Joe? No, Ginny, not at all. And I think that line that my husband just doesn't think it's right to diagnose and medicate every second kid. So obviously I do feel for your husband because he obviously feels like, yeah, they're just dishing them out as, you know, lollies to every kid. Meanwhile, what else can yes. we do for this? Because meanwhile, he's not getting these medications, not while dad says no. Well, I think the other thing is, you know, what I can talk about is getting your son some help for the anxiety because that's the other thing, you know, he's been diagnosed by the paediatrician as having anxiety too. So that is something that a psychologist can help with. A psychologist can help with ADHD, but not in terms of medication, just in terms of some strategies and the impact on self-esteem and all the things that can go along with it. But a psychologist can explain anxiety to your son, what it is and how to manage it. And that's why these labels that feel like we just dish them out willy-nilly, but they can be really helpful because as as Ginny said, if you reach the diagnostic criteria for something like anxiety, then that's good because that helps to say, okay, this is what it is, which is a combination of increased physiological arousal, so increased heart rate and breathing rate, increased adrenaline, cortisol, turning stomach, headaches, dizziness, nausea, that sort of thing, and anxious thoughts, which is what if this terrible thing happens or nobody likes me or what if I fail, what if I get this wrong? And then he can learn a set of strategies to manage it, things like some calming breathing exercises, some focusing exercises, which may also help his inattentive ADHD. And importantly, which is sort of a new direction that we're taking a lot in the psychological world, is learning how to sit with discomfort. Oh, is Not, that a bit of psychobabble? That was, well, yes, sorry. But I should have given the alert. I'm sorry. Psychobabble alert. Psychobabble. Psychobabble. Learning to sit with discomfort because, as we say in psychobabble land, the more you sit with discomfort, the more comfortable you become. Nice, nice. The psychologist can also help maybe boost your son's self-esteem and address some of the body image issues using cognitive behaviour therapy 
or schema therapy, which is when they can learn to identify this part in their minds, this voice that is telling them they're not good enough or they don't look good enough and they can learn how to reason with that voice. Now that's a lot, but as Ginny said, what is wonderful is your son's got you and his dad and you know, together as a team you can hopefully get your little chap to feeling an awful lot better. I would say, Kim, that these years, when he's 13, it's actually a really important year for him. And if everybody in class thinks that he's just the dumbest kid ever because his ADHD is actually impairing his learning experience, and I think that solving this now, I don't believe that time is a healer. I think that leaving this situation unhelped and untreated, not necessarily by drugs, but if it's untreated altogether, that can do a lot of harm to kids. And I just want to make sure that, well, I think it's great that he's got an advocate in you who's going to really make sure that he gets everything that he can to help him through this time. If you'd love unlimited access to everything women are talking about right now, subscribe to Mamma Mia. An annual Mamma Mia subscription includes online access to every Mamma Mia event, subscriber-exclusive stories, podcasts and videos from Australia's leading independent women's media brand. Our second question was sent to us by Lorelei. Hi, Ginny and Joe. I'm wondering if you know much about preparing teens for their first job interview. My 15-year-old son applied for a job at Bunnings and got a call back to go in for an interview with one of the managers. Now, I know this is Bunnings, so I'm assuming it will be a more relaxed interview, but I still have questions. I think he's only getting a job because some of his friends are. He isn't really a motivated person, but I think working will be good for him. How do I coach him for this interview? I want him to show that he is keen, even though he told me he could either take it or leave it. I appreciate your advice and love the podcast. Joe, you are a big fan of the job at 15. Yes, yes. You, I think, we both think we are. definitely encourage your son to go for this job as we're fans of teens definitely earning their own money, a way to, you know, get independence, learn what to do with money. So this is great. And what I love is this is a good example of positive peer pressure. If your son's just getting a job because his friends are, yay, great. Love his friends. Yeah, love his friends. That's a good enough reason to do it. Look, I'm, you know, again, it might be my leaning. I'm just wondering whether he's got some self-esteem issues because is he saying that he can take it or leave it and not putting much effort in because he doesn't want to feel too disappointed or embarrassed if he doesn't get it or he doesn't want you to be disappointed or embarrassed if he doesn't get it? Because sometimes if a teen is amotivated or lazy in inverted commas, it's actually because they don't have a great opinion of themselves. And so they're trying to, I don't know, sabotage some opportunities to succeed by not trying in the first place. I have certainly spoken to a number of teenagers who have just blatantly admitted, I would rather not study and fail than study and fail. So he might be thinking, I'd rather just not go for a job and then not get it than go for a job and fail. So it is worth just gently talking to him about that. You know, you could come out directly and say, look, I hear you saying you can take it or leave it, but I'm wondering whether you are actually wanting it because your friends are, but you don't want to feel disappointed or embarrassed. Now, he might completely dismiss that idea and think you're an idiot or act like he thinks you're an idiot, but at least you planted that seed in there. 15-year-olds tend to live their lives online at the moment, which means that they don't develop a lot of those important skills 
skills interacting with adults that we had to or that you had to, Lorelai, when you were his age. So, of course, we all had jobs at 15, but we also had to interact with our friends' parents. If we got dropped off, we had to say hello to the parents. If we had to ring our friends, Mrs. Somebody or or Uncle So-and-so or Auntie (laughs) So-and-so, we had a lot of opportunities to develop social skills in an adult world that our kids don't get anymore, which just adds even more incentive for him to actually pick up a job earn his own money, get that sense of independence. I think that there's just so much to recommend this. So if you don't want to talk to him about, oh, are you just, you have low self-esteem, which might feel a bit intense. (laughs) Maybe you just go, man, I just think this is the best thing I've heard in forever. I'm so proud of you. I cannot wait to talk to you on your first day. I'm going to pick you up from your first shift because I actually just want to hear all about it. This is going to be great. Bunnings is fantastic. What a great place to work. Just go all positive to make him know that you are super supportive of this entire thing and to sell working to him. Because I think a lot of kids, particularly if we all hate our own jobs and come home going, oh, I'm so tired. I hate my job. I hate my boss. I hate my colleagues. They can really think that work is just the worst thing in the world and that's something that they don't want. But I would love you to just sell the idea of working. There is so much good in there for him. It can only be to his advantage. So good luck, Lorelai. Yeah. Worth going through some Q&As, I think. It would oh, be yeah. good. You could role play. Now, again, he might think, oh, my gosh, you're so lame. <laughs> Mum, I'm not going to pretend I'm in an interview with you. But you could play both parts. <laughs> you could swap chairs and go, so <laughs> tell me why you want this job. Jump over to the other chair. <laughs> Give some answers. Write out a few cheat sheets, some Q&As on a piece of paper. Let him look at it another time. So you're just supporting the idea. The only thing I'd say, Ginny, and I know, as I said, it's my bias, but yeah, sell the idea of a job, not necessarily this one. Yes. Because you want to say this is a great place to start. And remember, if you don't get this one, there's plenty of other jobs out there. As because, long as you get a job, yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to set him up to, you know, just now drink the Kool-Aid and think, yay, this is going to be so fabulous. And then he doesn't get it and think, oh. <laughs> I'm really disappointed, Mum. She really wanted me to get that Bunnings job. I'm going to ask you something controversial, Joe. So I am a big fan of doing handshaking lessons with both my sons and my daughters because I don't think a lot of kids learn how to do a firm handshake. With eye contact. With eye contact and particularly as they get disintermediated from adults, they almost never have to learn that skill. So if I were going to impart anything to him, I would say, hey, let's do handshaking because it will blow the boss out of the water if he goes in with his a firm hand extended, looks them in the eye and goes, lovely to meet you, Mrs. Jones. He's got the job. It is just a good skill to have. It's very simple to master, but we don't teach our kids handshaking anymore and I think it's a great thing to do. Yeah, and that's not controversial. I think that's great. And I think the other really good benefit of learning good, strong handshake is that, again, it also protects you from that hug. Because, <laughs> but you know, I mean, a lot of kids and a lot of teens do not want to be hugged by the family, friends, or the extended family, or going to a new house and here, come and give me a hug. So if you just stick that hand out, hello, it's saying it <laughs> loud and clear. Yeah, this don't is what I want. You. That's right. So there's a win-win. Oh, we've got you covered, Lorelai. But that is all we've got time for this week. If you have a question, call the podcast phone on o two eight triple nine nine three eight six or email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au to get in touch. Now, this episode was produced by the fabulous Tully Blackman with audio production by Tom Lyon. I'm Jo Lamble. I'm Ginny Mansberg, and we'll see you next week. 